to this week's edition of Cooking with the Commission, a little bit different. Uh, it's a one-man show this week. Malum is flat chat at work, so just me from good old California checking in. Uh, so let's get right into it. I'd just like to say that uh, this week's episode of Cooking with the Commission is brought to you by Cheesy Poops. Yes, I want the Cheesy Poops. Thank you for our, our new American-based sponsor. Uh, so let's get into it. Week 8 recap. Now, I'll start with what I feel is the most disappointing uh, result of the week. Uh, Jeremy beating me. I couldn't do it. I was royally butt-fucked by Carson Wentz this week. Uh, look, Kyler on by. Thought I needed 20-ish out of Wentz, uh, but no. He screwed me right in the pooper with eight points. Uh, Jez had some big games from Tyreek with 21. Geo with 19.8. That was a great pickup. And another one, uh, another big one from Devontae for me with 23. But uh, the difference really was Wentz and, and it cost me in the end. Uh, there was a lot, of, a lot of talk out there about Mike Evans potentially having a huge game. Um, but I wasn't buying it. And uh, I just wanted Jeremy to know that I'd conceded very early. Uh, moving on, Graham and Jake. Dalvin Cook, damn, 46.6, which is the highest score for a player this season. Four touchdowns with a whole bunch of rushing and receiving yards, and he was unstoppable. Then he got 36 from Mahomes. Graham was always going to be hard to stop after those two performances. I mean, those two players alone would have beaten four teams this week. So, uh, But not much else to report from G's team. Um, but Jake wasn't able to put up much of a fight. You know, they had decent games from Keenan Allen and Gronk, which uh, I know uh, my co-host is very upset about Gronk finding his stride. Um, he's had three consecutive games with a touchdown now. So uh, it's a tough one for Mulder Swallow, but a great pick up from Jake. And we'll see how, uh, how all those uh, targets uh, end up in Tampa Bay once Antonio Brown hits the field. So that should be interesting. Uh, Jason and Jimmy, look, Despite playing a, fa- a player who uh, didn't take the field, that's rookie stuff, Jason. Rookie, rookie stuff. Um, he, Jason was helped with big days. Uh, some surprising running backs, really, with Damian Harris and Zach Moss scoring 16 and 20 points. And, look, Julio was good again, as he always is, as was Mike Williams. Um, and you got to love getting 20 points from your defense, don't you? Look, Jimmy looks close. You know, Russell had his usual hustle and bustle game with 28. Um, and the rest of his team played okay, but no one was great, and that really hurt him. So Jace got the win there. Then we had Mullum, my wonderful co-host who's too busy to hang out with me, and the eyebrows, his, his beloved eyebrows. Uh, all I can say about this matchup was yuck. Yuck, yuck, yuck. Um, you both should have lost for that display. Between you, you had three players crack double digits, and that was it. Mullum had a good game from Kelsey, but he was let down by Baker. Uh, it didn't help him out like he helped out Jake. Um, got 21 from Herbert and 14 from your damn kicker, Laurie, Will Lutz. So, yeah, not, not a great showing in that matchup, but Laurie gets the biscuits there. A win's a win. Doesn't matter how you get it, I guess. And we had another cherry picker battle with Mitch and Ryan. Look, Mitch was too, too good. He had some great days from DJ Dallas, which was a great pickup. It was 17, and Robert Woods with 21. Uh, Ryan had his usual Kamara day with 16, and uh, Ayukin and Fulgan were good, but uh, they weren't good enough for Mitch's solid team. Uh, he only had three players in single digits. Uh, then we had 
Frank and I don't really care about this league anymore, Cav. Uh, look, Frank continued to put the hurt on Cav, dropping him to 0-8. He had a big day from Metcalf with 28. Uh, he lost Kittle to IR, though, so that hurts. Um, but decent days also from Brady uh, and Montgomery, and there was too much for Cav, who uh, only had Aaron Rodgers and Jamal Williams in double digits, uh, so that was always going to be tough. A lot of points left on the bench, too, for Cav. Uh, Davis with 18 and Sammy with 17. He just cannot catch a break, poor old Cav. Side bets this week, now that we've wrapped up the week that was. Uh, there was only one side bet this week, uh, unfortunately, between myself and Jeremy, with the loser, which is now me, having to do a special rendition of We Are The Champions by Queen and post it on social media. So you will be seeing that one come soon. I will let all the engagement chatter die down before I drop that one on everyone. Um, but yes, well done, Jeremy. Mitch's team name. So... He's, he's gone out early this week, which we appreciate. We usually record this on, on, say, a Tuesday night or a Wednesday, so we're kind of pushing him for a team name early, and he got it in early, even though we didn't need it this week. But Planet of the Apes, which uh, I'm guessing is alluding to, to Christopher being hairy like animal. Uh, so that's a good one there, Mitch. That's a good one. I'll, I'll, I'll rate it. So now we're going to jump on to everyone's favourite uh, hitman, Jimmy the Hitman Hart with his uh, excellence of fantasy execution. Take it away, Jimmy. Thanks, guys, and welcome to the uh, fantasy of fantasy execution Melbourne Cup edition. And tonight we're going to do things a bit differently. I have Chris Mullum's wife and Ryan with me, guys. Hi. So let's start with Chris's wife. Chris, can Mullum change a tire? Um, of a car? Yes, of a car. Oh, okay. Um, I've never witnessed it before. So that's a no. Okay, right. Can Mullum start a fire? Is he a caveman that any of us can oh, be proud of? Oh, most definitely. Have you seen the hair on his chest? It's it's impressive. Yeah, I it's know, impressive. Right? So he can definitely start a fire. Ooh. Solid kindling, Mullum. Solid kindling. Definitely. On a Tuesday night, do your kids ring docks asking for where their father is? Uh, they don't necessarily ring docks, right. but they're very, you know, where is dad? I understand. Yeah, and it's kind of, you know, then rolls into Wednesday and that's basketball. Right, so right. very absent on a Tuesday. Absentee dad. Absentee dad. Last question. Do your children... Hate Jez as much as Chris does. Who's Jez? Correct. <laughs> Who's Jez? Now, Ryan, welcome to the fantasy. Excellence of fantasy execution. Correct. Oh, Correct answer. Thanks for having me. Welcome. You're my second guest. Yeah. Now, who would you say you hate the most in our fantasy league? Uh, you mean there's somebody else other than Jez? Correct. Who's, who is the shortest person in our fantasy league? Well, I mean, it's Frank. I'd like to wrap this up now by saying, do you want Dylan to come back? Uh, oh. Yeah. That's a hard one. Uh, to be continued. <laughs> this has been a fantasy football excellence, excellence of execution, Melbourne Cup edition. I hope your punting was better than Mullum's and wife and my drinking capacity of wine on a Tuesday 
with this young man from Young talking to you, Mitch Gale, live. <laughs> Good night. All right, Jimmy. Uh, thanks for that. Uh, Melbourne Cup Day, hey? You gotta love it. All right, let's get into the week eight tips recap. Now, Mullen pulled another one back on me. Uh, he correctly picked Graham to beat Jake. Now, while I thought the Phoenix was going to continue to rise, I was wrong. So I was three out of six. Chris was four out of six. Uh, pulled one back, and uh, I'm still up by five. So still going strong. Let's jump into the week nine tips. Now, uh, even though Mullum is not here, he has sent me his tips. So let's look at how we go. Now, Dylan V. Ryan. Uh, this, this guy has very... He's very close to my heart, this Dylan guy. Uh, look, both of us have tipped me. Uh, fingers crossed that that comes about. Uh, look, I think it's going to be an extremely close one. This one's pretty hard to pick. I got it pretty even across the board. I only give myself a slight advantage in the flex spot, but it's only a minor advantage, so that's going to be a really close game. Uh, we both have Jimmy to beat Jake. Uh, it's starting to look like Run CMC is going to be back. Christian McCaffrey hitting the field for Jimmy. Uh, I think that's going to make the difference. Uh, you know, talks are that as soon as he does hit the field, he's going to get that same workload that he had before. Uh, so Jimmy's definitely got an advantage in the running back department. I think Jake's got a slight edge uh, with wide receivers and tight ends. Uh, Jimmy's got the edge with quarterback, and I think Russell's going to dominate, uh, while Lamar just hasn't been the same this season. So Jimmy for that one. Uh, here's where we first differ. So I have Jason to beat Laurie, to beat the eyebrows, whereas Mullum is sticking strong with the eyebrows and he's picked Laurie. Uh, for me, look, I think Big Ben's going to run wild over Dallas. Uh, Jason's got Robinson back this week as well. Zach Moss showed he can throw up some numbers. I think he's just going to have too much for Laurie's team who are hurting, having two major running backs on the IR. It will be close, but I have Jason while Mullum has Laurie. Another differentiator, uh, I have Mitch to beat Mullum while Mullum has tipped himself. It's a bold move, Carton. Let's see if it pays off. I think Mitch's team's just stronger across the board. I'm not sure how he's going to do with Locke playing quarterback. Maybe that was uh, in Mullum's thinking when he tipped himself. But if Carson plays, you know, he's going to be solid at running back. He's solid at wide receiver. Uh, we're not really sure if Michael Thomas is going to be out again for Mullum. Um, but it's it's going to be tough sledding for his team. So uh, Mitch for me and Mullum picking himself. Uh, we both have Cav to lose another one. We've got Jeremy to beat Cav. Uh, look, if there was ever a week to beat Jeremy, it's going to be this week with his buy depleted team. You know, he's got Hunt, Cup, Boyd and Geo all on buy. But I think Jeremy's team's still stronger. You know, especially if Taylor ends up sitting for Cav um, and Jez picking up the handcuff. Wilkins, so that's going to be tough. Uh, look, Cavs, Cavs are between a rock and a hard place here. Uh, picking him both, we're both picking him to go 0 and 9. Lastly, we've got Graham and Frank. We both have Graham to beat Frank. Look, it's hard to bet against Graham after after last week. Uh, Frank's lost Kittle now to the IR. While he's still got a solid team, I think Graham's is probably stronger. Uh, plus, he'll have uh, David Johnson back this week too. So, uh, Graham for mine there. All right, we are now recording. Are you ready? Let's roll. All right, well, we have a guest. 
first time guest on the show, but not first time appearing on the show. We have Jimmy. Jimmy, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for uh, filling in for a uh, a no-show Mullum this week. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it was always going to happen, right, Dill? At some stage, he was going to leave you for someone else. Yeah. Um, I, I, I'm quite honoured to do a Zoom with you where you have clothes on, which would be quite... Un- that would not be a normal thing for you. Normally, when you'd be doing Zoom with someone from overseas, I'm sure shirts and pants would be optional but you know this is nice to see you you're clothed i'm clothed and we can get through this civilly i think it's well, lovely well i've only got a jersey on but that's clothed enough <laughs> all right well, so, so let's let's get into it jimmy how are you feeling about your team this year i think like a lot of people uh you know injuries uh taken a bit of a toll i think mccaffrey coming back hopefully this week and and jones starting uh, at this stage, you know, he's questionable, but hopefully he will play. Um, I feel better with those guys. They they were obviously the bulk of my spend. I'm a firm believer that you need three borderline RB1s to, to win in a league like this. So, look, I think I've held myself above 500. I think the back end, if I stay injury-free, I'll, I'll be there or thereabouts. Um, like everyone else in the league, it's it's anyone but Jeremy. Um so, you know, I think, I think I'll think i be one of the last four. Oh, nice. Yeah, it is. I, I agree with you on the running back situation. You really need three solid RBs to, to have a crack. Wide receivers, they're hit and miss every week, you know. Yeah. But you need those running backs, those workhorses. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you throw in a decent QB, which, you know, most guys you can stream. But I think that, you know, that bulk of your money at auction has to go to um, to where the points are, yeah, are, are garnished. Been my philosophy this year, and um, you know we'll see where it lands. And obviously, happy happy with Russell this year. Yeah, I mean, I, I think um, obviously, sort of Metcalf's really broken out, and it's it's something where Seattle should really run deep this year. Um, I'm not a Seattle fan, but but I just I think the roster there is pretty solid. So I think on the back of of their success as a team, I think Russell keep sort of posting numbers, and you know, Carroll's never been a massive reliant on a on a bell cow back you know since marshawn's gone there hasn't been sort of someone that would consistently take up that load so so russ does tend to you know he scampers a lot he throws a lot and you know i just always felt his value picking him up sort of in you know in that sub 20 dollar category so i was sort of happy with that at auction day that was probably the best thing i did um but mate, we'll see where it lands. I mean, you know, it's week to week in our league. It it runs deep. A lot of guys take it pretty seriously. So um, it's just nice to be competitive for once. Yeah, not, obviously nice to be uh, not anywhere near the toilet bowl at this point. But I think most of us are, except for Jake and Cav at the moment. Yeah, I think we're safe. I mean, being in two toilet bowls, it is a it is a stressful week. I I, uh, <laughs> I don't I don't envy the. The two guys down the bottom, um, especially given their records, they'd both be probably pretty stressed at this point. Normally, when you go into the you know the final couple of rounds, you, you'd like to believe you have a chance of not of not being there. But I mean, both those guys would probably be sweating at the moment. So yeah, definitely. All right. So how are you feeling about the league this season in general? I think this has been probably the best uh, season for forever I, I i think you know a lot everyone's been engaged everyone's 
um, pretty active on the socials and, and, you know, the chat's been great. And, and whether that's a byproduct of the podcast or the fact we're, you know, trying to do a few more things socially um, coming out of COVID, I think it's, yeah, it's been my favourite year by far. So, um, so hopefully the boys can keep up the momentum over the last sort of couple of months and we can finish as well as we started. It's been lots of fun. Some great side bets so far this year. Yeah, yeah, my, my car, which I'm actually sitting in at the moment, Lawrence, I'm um, talking directly to you, is still dirty. Um, oh, you know, I'd, I'd like to sort of try to get a few more bets in. And, and I must admit, I've been a, a ginormous coward. Once McCaffrey went down, I have been shying away from, from the betting pool. But once I get him back, I think I will be rolling the dice again. So stay tuned for some ridiculous shenanigans. Hit him, hit him up, boys. Hit up, Jimmy. Got the confidence back I'm now. I'm absolutely ready. <laughs> so what you, you obviously took over for me, one of your side bets that you won, hosting Cooking with a Commission. What did you take away from hosting the show? Um, I took a lot away. I took, a, <laughs> I took away how much work you do, which, which I think an, uh, a large portion of us take for granted. So, so on behalf of the league, after doing a week of, you know, somewhat quasi- Dylan duties. I was, I was very grateful to have you as the commissioner. Um, I didn't realise how much of a, a technical genius Mullum is. Uh, sitting in there and watching him work was also quite impressive. So, yeah, I think you know you guys have done a lot for the league this year. And um, regardless of however many people sort of watching this, I'm sure you know if we can keep this going, I'm sure a lot of guys will, will um, eventually endorse it. But um, yeah, a lot of a lot more work goes into this league than meets the eye. So yeah. it's no, impressive. It's, it's, it is a lot of work, but it's good fun. So good. tell us a little bit about Jimmy. Not everyone knows, you know, exactly who you are and where you're from. And you know, give give us We've a bit of background. Full sixty minutes. Um, not much to tell, Dill. Uh, grew up That's with Ryan and, and Mitch. Mate, grew up with Ryan and Mitch in a, in a small town. Um, pretty solid. Um, Pretty solid pathway, uh, school, special forces, uh, security detail for Princess Diana, and, and here now in Sydney. Um, pretty standard route, you know. Um, so, yeah, uh, all I can say was mistakes were made that night in Paris, and, and here I am. Um, but, yeah, look, it's it's pretty much as you'd, as you'd expect growing up with Mitch and Ryan and, um, and, and obviously meeting yourself and Graham and, and a lot of those boys uh, through Ryan Social Network at uni. Um, yeah, it's been awesome. And then I uh, got to uh, Sydney maybe a year or two prior to Ryan and um, just obviously never left the eastern suburbs, which is, um, which is now my home. So that's uh, the scandalous affairs of Jimmy. Yeah, well, I'm sure we're missing out on a lot of the scandalous affairs, but uh, we'll save that for an After Dark <laughs> podcast. That's actually for my... And uh, I do have a MyFans account, and and for eighty nine ninety five a month, you can you can partake in some of those uh, affairs, and and I do some live streams. But um, get on it, boys! If if I... we're supporting Laurie with the Esposito network, we've got to support Jimmy's Jimmy's OnlyFans or whatever it is. Yeah, I'm, I mean, I I actually know Lawrence is signed into to um 
my subscriber base, which I'm enormously grateful for. So that those one-on-one sessions we have have been really The Korean businessmen, yeah, are they, they big on it? Is that... Uh, they are um, huge in Seoul. I, I don't know what it is. Um, and the things that I've been doing, I don't understand. But a lot of them involve cats and late-night walks. But um, Huge anyway, in Seoul or huge asshole? Uh, I can't, I can't clarify that. That's, there are legal reasons around that, but, um, tune in, um, Thursday nights, it normally goes live. So yeah, keep me, keep me in mind. Keep me in mind. All right. All right. We'll do. How did you get into NFL, Jimmy? Uh, so to those that, um, don't know me, I, I grew up in, in a, in a hotel. Um, my mother was a, was a publican and, we had ESPN since I can remember. So the NFL was something that I gravitated to quite early in life. And then um, watching John Elway play through the 90s was something that, um, yeah, it was just a, it was magical to watch. And Terrell Davis and um, even defensively guys like John Lynch and Stephen Atwater really just sort of, you know, drew me in. So huge, huge Broncos fan. Um we are we are a pretty mediocre team at the moment, but you know through the nineties and early two thousands we we really did have some some glory years so so I got into that and then moved around a bit post school and then I found myself in a um in a fantasy comp in two thousand and two and I was fortunate enough to have charlie garner and and rich gannon as as an r b and a q b and and that was sort of my um I suppose, sort of, you know, my Intro personal fantasy. foray, yeah, into fantasy, and and then sort of did a few things on my own, and then I had a few guys from the US and a few, you know, from all over the place playing with me, and then you know, I, I just didn't have the time that that um, or the commitment, I should say, really that that you know yourself and Mullum have put into this. So yeah, I, it kind of petered out, maybe. 2011-ish maybe and then obviously you guys sort of opened up and I know we played a couple of seasons together and fortunate enough Ryan won your league and I got a, a winner's invitation in the golden and ticket. uh got the golden ticket I did I, I won powerball as many have said and and I and I think going back to the early days this is something since it's only you and me talking at the moment and, and, and probably watching at this point let's let's clarify something from the early days let's talk about the fox sports collusion was was the collusion for those outside of the fox newsroom was it as 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 serious as we, we're led to believe because we know that there was some questionable trades there were a lot of texts that were filtered around i, I did sweating. receive a text I received a text at one point, which I knew was not meant to go to me. And obviously there was some sort of subconscious guilty uh, thing that happened that sent me a text. And I read that and I thought, man, there is collusion here. And, and I know it's become this sort of like Freemasonry legend within our fantasy league, but this is your chance to clear your conscience still. This is your 60 minutes moment. To, to come clean because I think I think out of respect for how far this league has come and how how deep and how you know how much quality we now have in this league we should put those early 
nasty rumours to bed because they, they, they've tainted us for years. To, to be fair, it was running rampant. It really was. Uh, no, <laughs> it, it wasn't, in, in all fairness. I think we wanted to beat each other more than we wanted to beat the rest of you uh, to prove who's the biggest sports nut. Um, and that's why it always pissed us off that Jeremy kept winning. Um, I, I, look, I, I mean, we, we knew that this was a thing and it, 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 I feel vindicated to, to, have that, uh, to have that put forward today. But, uh, boy, there was some obvious trades there at points of time where you just sort of said that, uh, yeah, that's just not cool. But, um, but I'm glad that's behind us. I'm glad we've moved forward. As, well, I, do, uh, I do mention in this pod at one point there was a... Uh, a Jared Hayne for Devontae Parker trade at one point, so uh, between two Fox Sports colleagues. Oh. So there you go. <laughs> yes, I just got a text through there from uh, Saddam. He's just letting me know he's arrived in Kandahar. Oh. Um, no, it's it's good to look. It's good to get these things off your chest, and I feel and better now. I, I, I knew you would, I, and I, I'm glad I could do that for you today because. You know, I've been holding this in for, for near a decade and, and, you know, hopefully tonight I can, I can get a good night's sleep. That's, yeah, that's I'm, my, sure, I'm sure my... everyone will get a good night's sleep after, after that's out. All right, la- last one for you. Well, almost last one for you. Where can you see this league going in the future? What are your tips? I mean, I'm kind of a bit hesitant to take your tips now after you screwed me on the Melbourne Cup, but what are you, where do you see the league going? How... Whoever tips a horse that dies in a 24-horse uh, race, you know, they, they have some good ideas. Um, my, look, I honestly think that we should, and I know this is going to be controversial, but I think in terms of growth, you have to take chances. And I, I would love to see some depth flow through to a two-tier league where we can get to a stage where there is enough interest and I do believe that will come in time where we can have a second tier and that second tier might, or sorry, the first and second tier might look like something 10 in the first tier and six or eight in the second tier. And and similar to the EPL, I think the person who would lose the toilet bowl would drop down. The person who would win tier two would come up. And, and I think that it provides depth. It provides us to maintain consistency and quality to what we do. You can't have an off year, you can't check out emotionally like potentially Cav has. It makes us all consistently fight for what for what we care about. Um, I, and I know people will sort of say, oh, do we need to and why? And I just think when you're forced to bring your best every week, um, it, you know, you can't take the side cuts. You can't sort of just near enough is good enough. I think it forces us to be better. I think it keeps us engaged. And I think trying to bring a second tier in, you know, maybe another six or eight guys over the course of the next, you know, however many years, if we're talking this being a, a five-year or a 10-year journey, which which there's no reason it shouldn't. I mean, we've, you know, been around for near 10 years, right? Eight, it's been eight long now. Time. I think next year's nine or maybe 10. Eight, eight years. So, so, yeah, I mean, I think if you're taking a longer-term view, um, Keeping it just to 12 is nice and, and, and I don't have an issue with things remaining consistent either. But I think, you know, we, as we get older, we'll probably have guys that would really love to be part of this and, and they add value in their own way and expanding that, I think, would be great. I think it needs to be done sensibly, sustainably, um, but it's something where 
we shouldn't be frightened to have a conversation around expansion and a conversation around how how we make the league better um, and, and probably just keep the keep the bar and the standards high because I don't think anybody wants to see teams go, you know, 0-7 or 0-8. And, um, yeah, I think that that's one way to circumvent that. And the only other thing I would throw into the mix is I've always had an issue around the the draft day strategy where, um, you know, we're, we're allocated money and we're spending money on players and then we're dropping those players for free agents and pickups. And I, I would like to put a higher value on the players drafted at draft day. I think if you if you have conviction behind players and you want those players to um, mean something to your team throughout the year, there should be a higher price put on that. Um, and You didn't think and 83 I think that's was high enough for McCaffrey? <laughs> I... I really did. And, and I got to the point, Dylan, where once you go over 80, it's like committing a murder. It doesn't matter how many witnesses that there are, they all have to go to. It doesn't matter whether you <laughs> want to do it. Once you spend 80 something dollars on a player, you need to do it. It's, it's, it's a shocking state of affairs that that happened and he's played one and a half games, but Look, the season's not over and I'm hopeful that that will pay a dividend. Hopefully at the back end of the year, um, hasn't paid you know, it hasn't returned an enormous amount for me so far. But yes, I I think that there should be a, a different metric around that. But that's, um, you know, that's just sort of my only two uh, qualms. I think everything else with the league is phenomenal. And um, yeah, uh, I'm an advocate for things to, to remain as they are. Nice. All right. Well, let's finish it off with something you uh, kind of threw out into the, the podmosphere. Uh, we're going to do a fast five. Uh, so quick fire questions. Just give us one word answers, short answers. You ready? Far away. Who would you say is your biggest rival? Uh, Jake nominated me, so I'll nominate Jake because if I don't do that, it's not a rivalry. Although I don't consider when I play Jake a rivalry, I always like to try to beat Lawrence because I think Lawrence has the pedigree and I, I, I try to Take down Lawrence if I can. Nice. Who has the worst banter? Uh, shout out to you, Jez. <laughs> Who would you least trust with a trade request? Jez, how are you? Good to see you again. Who's the best at pretending they have fantasy knowledge when they don't? Uh, again, I love you, Lawrence. Um, Lawrence. <laughs> All right. In an any given Monday battle royale, who would emerge victorious? Well, if there were nunchucks involved, I would have to say Mitch because I think he's a bit of a loon. Um, Mitch in a battle royale would be like when you're driving along a freeway and a police car pulls in behind you. You know you've done nothing wrong, but you just you sense that aura of something bad could happen, and it's just it's just off putting. So Mitch with nunchucks, I think, would be really hard to beat. Um, my my personal choice would be me with a flamethrower, but you know we'll we'll just we'll see when the weapons are dished out. Let's we'll just see who gets what. You have to pay eighty three dollars for that flamethrower, <laughs> and I would. And we it has been proven that I would. And it'll work for one and a half minutes. Correct. <laughs> I would I would I would go down terribly after that. It would be shocking. 
All right. Thanks a lot for joining us, Jimmy. Really appreciate it. Uh, taking time out of your, your busy day to, uh, you know, finish up our breakfast and then chat to me in the car. Appreciate it. I'm, I'm happy to do so. And I'm, you know, keep safe in uh, Los Angeles, Dylan, and uh, looking forward to doing our political podcast later where we talk about the great orange man himself, Trumpy, and, and we can dial into Frank and we can find out about all the things that Trumpy's done wrong. I'm yeah. excited for that later this afternoon and uh, keep safe. And I look forward to our Thursday night podcast where we will both not have clothes on and we'll be walking around the streets in, with our cats. I, I look forward uh, to that as well. Doing something with the commish after dark. <laughs> Everyone's favourite. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Jimmy. See you, mate. See you, guys. Take care. All right, let's have a look at the banter from this week. Uh, there's going to be no banter between me and my co-host, as it's just me. So just enjoy the smooth tones of my voice taking you through our, our banter this week. Now, it's great to see Jake just just throwing himself back in now. I think that, that win's revitalised him. You know, he did have another loss last week, but I think he's coming back. So uh, taking shots at Cav while he's in the hospital is fantastic. You know, he's, he's hooked up to an IV. He's had something cut out of his neck and he's still taking pot shots at Cav with the, the picture of the, the Owen Wilson, Owen Hart and Cav, Owen Seven. Uh, brilliant, brilliant stuff. Uh, and I think he, he may have a new fan in, in Mitch. Mitch showing his love for Jake, saying that he's the best guest we've had on the show so far. So very interesting stuff there. Maybe Mitch has got bromances coming out left coming out of his ears you know it's, it's crazy uh laurie's wife alicia threatening to change all his players to giants or dolphins if he forgets to put the spaghetti bolognese in the fridge now that's a wife that's a wife there uh hopefully he forgets and uh yeah gets a few losses though uh, i can't see how he could play any worse than last week unless he was mullen of course um frank and laurie going at it in the chat i love it I love it. Just going at each other hard. Uh, Laurie saying that his interview on Cooking with the Commission uh, was an emotionally vulnerable tell-all while Frank used his inter- interview to take 10-cent sh- pot shots. Uh, there was a Mambo Not-So-Italiano uh, joke thrown in there and uh, uh, Mitch rated the fight and he had, he had it going uh, 10-9 to Laurie. So uh, <laughs> that, was, that was good fun. An interesting one. Laurie's all over the place here. Laurie ending the bromance with Mitch uh, for about an hour and then rekindling things. So interesting. I don't know what happened in one, that one hour, but yeah. Lots of hotties uh, and noddies hate between each other, uh, which I love. Let's get the divisions going. We've now pretty much finished all the division, in-division games and now it's time for the out-of-division game. So now it'll really uh, test your metal noddies with your very average points fours. Uh, so bring it on. Uh, good to see a, uh, a pick of the boys, Jimmy and Ryan out at Randwick and uh, Jimmy with a great tip. Yeah, good job, Jimmy. I'll put money on that. That's 20 bucks I'll never see again. Uh, one thing I do have to say, though, look, it's way too much election talk, boys. Come on. Get a separate chat if you want that. Look, like I don't hear enough about it here. It's been on the TV nonstop for three days. Uh, yeah, let's keep, keep politics aside. This is football. Um, but obviously the election times got to Frank, you know, he's, he's been on the, on the booze and drunk dialing the chat. Very interesting, Frankie. 
All right, that's the banter for this week. Keep it up, boys. I love to see it. Uh, let's now look at this week in AGM history. So week nine. I don't have the button to do the, the magical take us back sound, but maybe Mullen could put that in in post. We'll see. Uh, so this week, all the way back in the first season of Any Given Monday in 2012, was the famous muscle hamster week. Doug Martin, where he scored 51.2 points with four touchdowns and over 250 rushing yards. Now, he was playing for Cavs team that year, the upstate throat steppers, which I kind of miss. I'm kind of sick of the real American heroes, but hey, he's to his own. Despite the huge day for Martin, Cav only just squeaked by Jake's team, who at the time were the angry Aaron Rodgers. Uh, just squeaked by by four points. So lucky he had that week from uh, the muscle hamster. But that was the week that was uh, in 2012. Lastly, let's jump to Everyone Has Trades, everyone's favourite segment. Everyone has trades. And I'll leave it at that right now. So for this week's trade, I, I I thought I would take a look back at what the latest trade made was in a season and whether it had effect on the outcome for those two teams. Now, there was one week 16 trade between Jeremy and Jake which involved Jared Hayne being traded for Devontae Parker. But it was a nothing trade, so I won't count that one. The latest real trade we had was uh, in the 2017 season in Week 15, where Jason traded the Vikings defense and Jarvis Landry to Jeremy for Rex Burkhead. At the time, Burkhead was the running back 30, and the Vikings were the defense 14, and Landry was the wide receiver 14. So kind of looks like... Jace, uh, sorry, Jeremy got the, the best deal out of that trade. Uh, but at the time, Jeremy was fighting for a title and Jason was trying to avoid the toilet bowl. So how it played out, for the two weeks that Jeremy had the Vikings D, they scored 17 and 15 in his last two playoff games. So that's a pretty big win. Uh, Landry scored 9.9 for him in the semifinal, which is not too bad, but he sat him in the final, which was a smart move. In the end, he only scored 3.3. For Jason... Uh, he had Burkhead for the toilet bowl, and he only put up 7.7, which uh, was not enough to spike his team to victory. So, look, Jez won that trade points-wise, for sure, but, I mean, you could say that both of them lost, as Jeremy lost in the final and Jason lost in the toilet bowl. Oh, so that's it. That's Cooking with the Commission this week. I hope you've enjoyed it. Thank you for joining us. Uh, yeah, bring it on. Hopefully next week I'll have a co-host who cares about me enough to show up on the show. Uh, enjoy the week, boys. Best of luck and uh, see you next week.